Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we hear stories from everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning, everybody. So we are here on Wednesday, April 27th. It's a bit of a blustery one out there. We had some thunderstorms and all sorts of stuff yesterday. Didn't really slow down the progress uh, because I... I'm pretty much finished with all the varnish and the paint and everything, which is good. But I figured I would do a little update uh, probably every day because I'm still hoping to get out of here on the 1st of May. I'm checking essentially every morning I wake up and uh, one of the first productive things that I do is uh, besides walking over the uh, Forest Gump Bridge down here in Buford, <laughs> which is always a treat. Um sit down and look at the weather. That's the biggest thing. Um, the weather is absolutely king and I need to make sure I get a good window. Although I, I sort of know that I'm, I'm due for a good, uh, shellacking out there, if you will. That's all just part of the game when you go up the East coast offshore this time of year. But I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, I don't get a really, really bad one because boy, that, that book, A Storm Too Soon, it just rings in my head constantly. <clears throat> those those fellows back in, uh, I believe it was 2007, they went from becalmed and motoring to 70 and 80 foot waves in uh, only a matter of a day or two. So pretty, pretty uh, intimidating out there. I'm not going to lie, but I am really looking forward to blasting off and getting offshore for a good 10 day or something like that. It's one of those things with this trip, uh, it's mostly the ratio of southerlies to northerlies, because the northerlies slow me way, way down, almost to a standstill, and then the southerlies just kick me in the right direction. So hopefully we will be uh, a little bit lucky this time, knock on wood. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll sort of see, but uh, I figured I'd do a little update on the progress, so as far as the actual bowsprit goes, that's up in the shop, and I've got it all lined up. Some point later today, as I'm looking at my list, I am going to go up there and bed the side rails to the actual bowsprit and uh, bed all the big bolts and everything in so that by Thursday, I'm able to procure some help to get me uh, to get that bowsprit put right back on the boat. So, short of drilling a few holes in the new base plate, uh, which sits right on the deck, um, that's all that needs to be done for that. I just, you know, the the varnish is so. I put like ten coats of varnish on this thing, so it's um, even even though it's not tacky, it just feels a little soft still and. I want to give it as much time as possible to sit in the nice protected area. No rain, no sun, no heat, and just leave it up there and let it cure as much as possible. I don't know if it makes much difference, but the nightmare scenario would be to spend all that time 
making it look like that woods under plate glass and and just to install it and then have a 85 degree day with blistering sun that curdles that varnish i've had that happen before and it it ends up looking like uh like a dry raisin <laughs> it's not very appealing so uh hopefully that won't happen but um yesterday so i've had this problem on the boat for many years and essentially it comes down to the engine if you've listened to some of the podcasts before you know that i've i've constantly had this issue with water being sucked back into the engine and uh typically happens um typically happens out at sea when i'm running straight downwind in heavy seas so the boat's rolling from one side to the other you know 20 30 degrees sometime and uh, i think what happens the exhaust the exhaust through hull so where the exhaust actually goes through the boat and then out into the water that's pretty low it's only about four or five inches above the water line and for whatever reason even though i have an anti-siphon um and an anti-siphon valve hooked into the system somehow i think what's happening is when it rolls to one side it scoops up a little water tips to the other and that rolls and and gets closer to the engine and then it does it enough and after a couple of days it uh it it gets in so there is a valve back there and the only problem with it is you have to crawl over the top of the engine past this little box and then you have this tight little quarter and the valve was always a bit difficult uh, to be able to open and close. And so I would give it a shot. And, and most times, the, you know, I, I would definitely take care of it. But I know on the last trip, I physically could not do it. The handle was was weakening, uh, you know, rust and stuff like that. And essentially, I just uh, I had to I had to basically just leave it and. So I sucked water into the engine twice on that trip, and I definitely don't want to do that again. So the game plan was to fix this problem finally for good and make it a heck of a lot easier for me to be able to open and close that valve. Ideally, I want to be able to stand at the companionway stairs so I'm in just the cabin, not the engine room. And I have a little lever that I pull to shut the engine down. I wanted that same thing for this valve, but the valve is, you know, another six or eight feet into that engine room into this tiny little space. And I ended up finally just giving up on trying to access everything from the actual engine room. I couldn't even, the, the handle had rusted through, so it was just bending and there's a big corroded nut on top of it, holding everything together, which I could not get any leverage on. I mean, we're talking tight spaces so tight that I couldn't even get a socket wrench on that nut. That's how that's how tiny of an area I'm working in. And I thought of a whole bunch of different. Um, oh, hold on one second. Woo, there we go. Uh, I thought of a whole bunch of different options, and I sat and I thought and I sat and I thought because that's that's one of the things. If you just jump into a project and start tearing things up. Uh, sometimes if you haven't given enough thought, you end up going down the wrong route and then you've already created a huge, huge amount of work to undo what you just did. So after a long, long think, 
I figured the only way to do it, <clears throat> besides going and, and trying to stick a second valve on the line, which I definitely didn't want to do, um, <clears throat> I ended up just, there's a little hatch and where I keep the propane bottles, it's all the way aft on the boat. Uh, it's in what's called a lazarette, which is just a fancy name for a, uh, a essentially like a cabinet that's uh, or a locker that's that's in the cockpit and just went in there and I ripped out the floor <laughs> and pulled all everything out of there and then I was able to access the valve and I got the nut off and everything so it was like win number one but then I had to figure out exactly what the game plan was for replacing it and I ended up making my own handle out of uh, this composite material called G10 which is fiberglass it's sandwiched together super crazy strong doesn't flex at all it's awesome and uh, I made it in such a way that I could then attach lines and a pulley to and now, essentially, I can open and close that valve standing in the cabin uh, just by pulling one line and releasing the other one. So tested it out a whole bunch of times, and I was able to exercise the valve, which all that means is you, you use it a bunch, open it, close it, open and close it so that it's not, because sometimes these valves have a tendency to seize up. Uh, but in any event, made a new floor for it last night, painted it, and installed it. I'm going to do one more ring of sealant around the edge of it, and then everything, once I finish this podcast, everything's going back in the lazarette, and that project should be good as gold. Uh, but I'm not finished with the engine room yet. Today is going to be the battery replacement day, and... Oh, I got to get in touch with some places and see if I can find just the right batteries. Essentially, I need four deep cycle batteries for the house bank and then one starting battery for uh, for the engine because I'm just going to replace all of them. And hopefully my man Pax, who was on the podcast a few times, who is an expert when it comes to electrical systems on boats, mm, hopefully he will take a look and make sure my system is up to snuff and everything's connected just right. And, um, and then I can rip all those batteries out and replace them, put them all back in. And then I should be on the road to victory as far as my electrical system this time. Cause I want to have things like bacon and I want to have perishables on the boat. So I want my fridge to be going full till. And I got the greatest gift uh, from a guy named Brian, who hopefully is going to, or hopefully I'll get him on the podcast, but he's got this great, great deep Southern voice and he's on a beautiful boat, but he, he doesn't seem to want to be on the podcast, but we'll see. I don't know. I keep, I keep uh, planting the old seed. So uh, in any event, yeah, he had a, an old, not an old, but maybe like five, six year old GPS display like a nice little Garmin thing, and uh, he wasn't going to use it anymore, and he hadn't actually ever used it, so he just dropped it off free of charge, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, you know, that's one of the things that happens in the in the sailing community. We, you only have a finite amount of space on each boat, and the tendency of collecting too many things always ends up in a bit of a purge, and some people try and sell all the stuff, 
But I find a lot of times in the sailing world, um, you know, it was just he had heard me talk about on the podcast that uh, my old GPS thing was was really old and uh, wasn't really working all that well anymore. So, boom, there we go. So I'm going to hopefully install all that, which would be kind of neat. Uh, it has like an actual touch touch uh, screen display, which I've never used one of those before. But should be should be pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I have time to actually get any sort of chart chip or anything. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's coming down to the wire. But most of those things come with a pretty decent base map, and that's really all I use those for anyway. But other than that, um, yeah, that's that's sort of the that's the game plan for today. Again, taking off in just a few days if the weather holds. But um, yeah, I basically check that weather every single day. And it's looking okay right now. I don't want to jinx myself, but I don't see any major systems coming off. I know it can change in a moment's notice with the uh, Gulf Stream, but we shall see. So today, got to get into it here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to essentially do an update every day for 10, 15 minutes, and then I'll compile all of them together. And we'll be putting out a podcast uh, of of sort of the daily progression. I think the only other challenge uh, is really, you know, the bowsprit's going to be interesting for sure. But again, we're going to do that uh, hopefully tomorrow. I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be something. I, I and I hopefully will be able to film it in some some semblance. I I figure it's going to be such a crazy slow process that I may just do like a time lapse of it. I'm not too sure. Um, you know, because I have other people sort of helping me, I don't want to sit there and make them wait while I'm moving a camera around and all that sort of stuff. I just want to make sure it actually gets done. You know, I got to have my focus right there on the bowsprit and make sure everything gets bedded just perfectly. So anyway, I uh, hope everybody enjoys their day and uh, yeah, we'll just uh, keep plugging away. Updates coming soon. Thanks for listening. All right, update number two. Holy cow, what a day. I am definitely, I've reached beer 30. <laughs> oh, man, so got a ton, a ton of stuff done today. And it's essentially started out with the bowsprit and putting that all together. That was insane. But it went together really, really well. Couldn't believe it. Only one little part where some of the wood looked like it compressed just a bit. Other than that, I think we're we're pretty much rock solid. And the varnish is looking good. It completely sealed up. Um, all the 5,200 or 4,000 uh, adhesive that I used to the sealant held. Got all the mess cleaned up and everything. So definitely uh, ready for installation tomorrow. Um the foredeck on the boat is all prepped, uh, essentially resting on the deck. There's a plate of G10, which is a composite fiberglass material, super crazy strong. And then there is the angle separator piece of wood that will keep the bowsprit at the perfect angle. That goes on top of that. And then the bowsprit will feed right in uh, with three big carriage bolts holding everything together. And we're going to do that tomorrow. I've enlisted the help of a few friends down here, and uh, hopefully it will go off without too much of a hitch. 
I do still, thinking about it right now, I have to go up and make a couple of wooden washers. Uh, I forgot about that. Okay, uh, I'm doing that right after this. And then uh, I went in and peeled apart the old battery system. So I essentially was having pretty pretty hard time keeping any charge on these batteries. I had one dud battery that was, uh, I think, really detrimental to the rest of the bank. And... So I figured it was time for a full, oh man, I'm tired, for a full, full redo on that. And this boat, Sparrow, runs on four deep cycle batteries as the house bank. And those, I think, are about 100, 180 amp hours each. And then one starting battery, which is all about the... uh, you know the cranking amps or or whatever. I gotta I gotta listen to the podcast from Pax and uh, re up on my knowledge about the electrical system on a boat. But um, yeah, in any event, everything's looking good. New control charger coming from the solar, so hopefully that will help as well. Because the idea with these batteries is to really make sure I take care of them. I keep them fully charged and I don't undercharge or overcharge them. That's sort of the big key. Um, I think that's what I've failed at in the past. It's kind of hard out at sea, but I think now with my ability to open and close the valve for the exhaust so easily and sort of making some of these, these tasks less tedious uh, if the solar doesn't juice my batteries up enough, then you know what? Just go ahead and run that engine and uh, kick it into gear. So I don't know. We'll we'll sort of see. But um, yeah, those batteries that was a pain. It's I have to I have to really lock them into place, both vertically and horizontally, because to prepare the boat properly, you, you have to always consider the thought of being turned completely upside down. And so those batteries are locked in uh, from the top with a big plate that screws in and bolts down and then plates all around. And to add it, the last little bit, I usually wrap them in some Gorilla Tape just so that they're, everything's like one unit. And on this boat, it's separated in two. So there's two batteries on the port side, two batteries on the starboard side, and then they're linked together. And... I don't know. It's uh, it's quite an endeavor. <sighs> the whole time you're you're essentially laying on the engine while you're trying to pick up these these heavy batteries with zero uh, leverage and wiggle them out without busting anything and and all that sort of stuff. So, a couple of bloody knuckles and uh, a, an hour or two later, and I got all the batteries out. Took them in and it was great. You know, when you exchange batteries, I was able to take the price tag down almost 200 bucks with the uh, the deposit, or not really a deposit, but uh, essentially they they give you a little bit of money back for each battery you bring back in because they can recycle the lead and everything. So that was pretty cool. So it was less expensive than I thought. I think all said and told, five batteries for this boat, it ended up being about 550. So you know, 110 bucks piece, and I should be good if I treat them well. Should be good for the next uh, five years or so, but uh, I guess that depends on 
sort of adventures that I go on. It's it is like I said, it's tricky. I mean, the North Atlantic, the Southern Ocean, all that sort of stuff. It's hard to make sure you get that full charge. I think I think if I were to go out on another long trip in the near future, I would probably try to rig up a third solar panel somewhere on the boat just to be able to give it that extra oomph. I, I did that a little bit on this last trip, but the batteries were just hopeless. Um, so I saw how it could work. And even though I sort of just rigged it up out at sea, you know, shooting from the hip, so to speak, uh, it seemed to be pretty stout, pretty stout and not, uh, not too, not too bad. I never went through any heavy weather with it, but I definitely went through a few squalls and, and some chop. So, you know, that's, that's one thing, but you know, the biggest thing was to be able to put up and then take it back down and bring it bring it below deck uh pretty quickly without without too much hassle so that's sort of the game plan um yeah so battery system is now back up and running propane system is back up and running engine with the valve opening and closing for the exhaust is now up and running i got the oil i got the oil filters in case i need to do an oil change out there I still have plenty of fuel, so I don't have to worry about that. And I've got fuel filters. Um, yeah, at this point, it's all about putting that bowsprit back together, doing a couple more podcasts before I take off and scheduling those. And um, that's about it. The Garmin InReach, kind of a sad story, does not seem to be functioning anymore. So that's kind of a bummer because that thing's really not that old. And... Uh, but it's older than the warranty. Huh, funny. And as much as I would like to be able to sort of update the progress, you know, maybe on the MS site or something like that, I definitely am not going to because uh, those things are like 500 bucks, and I really just don't feel like buying one just for a 10- or 12-day trip up north. There's no... There's no uh, legitimate reason to do that i wonder how it's going to go over uh with my mom <laughs> but maybe what i'll do is just top up the old cell phone or sat phone a little bit so i can maybe i can just text from there or something i'm not too sure but either way i will uh i'll try and sort that out but i'm gonna keep that in reach plugged in and see if i can get it to go it was working just fine throughout this last trip it got a little squirrely towards the end and started sending texts to the wrong wrong numbers, but that was actually something that I ran into on the first trip as well. So who knows? Who knows? But other than that, it's it's pretty much uh, it, let's see. So today's Wednesday. Got pretty much everything I needed to do today done, and then tomorrow, if I get the bowsprit on early, do a podcast, then true the mast, get that all sorted out. And if it's a hot, sunny day, I'll probably, I think I'm going to clean the bottom on Friday. And then Saturday is going to just be provisioning. So we're really come into the home stretch here. Um, can't think of anything else, but I know I, know I will. There's always uh, a few things that pop up out of the blue. But checking things off and getting things done. So that's my update for today. And uh, the next one, I guess, will be once the... I'll probably do another podcast once the bowsprit and everything 
come back together and uh i will try and video that i did a little video for the patreon people um or the the patreon family i should say um and that's that's up on the website or on the on the page and that just shows sort of me putting the bowsprit together but uh i'm gonna try and figure out a way to film us putting it putting it in i don't know it could be pretty comical but in any event another update and uh yeah we're closing in if the weather holds we're out of here on sunday all right all right good morning update number three i believe in the series of leading up to the trip holy cow good morning got my coffee just did a little run got stuck by the forest gump bridge had to stand there but it's not too bad because you get to watch this giant mass of steel and concrete <laughs> basically swivel around on a pivot point, which is pretty cool. Uh, but no, <clears throat> big update. Got the got the bowsprit back on yesterday with the help of... Uh, actually, everybody that helped yesterday has been a, a guest on the podcast, so that was really cool. We had, we had Phil, we had Aaron, we had um Mackenzie we had Amy we had Pax and even Aaron helped me bring it down so that was pretty cool but uh yeah the most what I want to talk about now I just took a, a look at the weather and essentially uh I'm using Windy um which is a great online website and shows just everything and there's such a great detail and and all that but <clears throat> I typically don't trust a forecast for more than maybe four days out because I figure after that, the uh, the computer models are just basically guessing at, at what they think is going to happen. The forecast right now for my sale from Buford up to Maine, it looks pretty darn good for taking off this Sunday. But the following Sunday, which is like nine days out, definitely shows a pretty big system coming in uh off the coast and it looks like it could be actually like a really big ugly system so i have sort of two choices i can either stay down here for another week and then hope to ride that system uh so leave just after that system passes and then take off uh hoping that we'll have a little bit of a break in between the systems or you take off and hope that in those five, five days, six days in between me leaving and that system forming, either something changes or I can just go and uh, maybe duck in somewhere. Maybe, maybe go into Cape Cod or uh, I don't know, somewhere like that. I really hate to even duck in anywhere just because I'm going to be offshore and that that extends it. Because it's not like I'll I'll be so far offshore at that point. I'll be in between basically Cape Hatteras and Cape Cod to 300 miles offshore. So just to get back to shore and do like a safe port, that's going to be that's going to be a day, day and a half, if not two days just to get back and depending on what the wind does and stuff. So. I don't know. Uh, It's a little tricky trying to figure this one out. I'm going to have to have a a good think about it. But the boat is now at a point where the big projects are done. All we have to do 
I'd say the, the next biggest project is cleaning the bottom of the boat, but um, that one, I, I'm i hesitant to do it until like literally the day before, just because I know how fast stuff grows on the bottom of the boat. And it's literally like when you're down there scraping, 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 and then you sort of look at the bottom as you're leaving and the shrimps and everything are already attaching themselves. And I don't know. So I want to do that the day before I leave. So if anything, that'll be tomorrow <clears throat> if I decide to pull the trigger. So uh, I don't know. I wish it was a little more cut and dry. Normally it is in um, uh, a month from now. It's it's typically nice and, and pretty easy going to get up there, but May can be tricky. So I'm definitely not taking it uh, lightly. And I want to make sure that I'm safe going up there. And I, I definitely don't want to I, I don't feel like uh, there's a need to test the bowsprit to its its limits. <laughs> it looks so nice, I don't want to hurt it. Um, so, in any event, uh, yeah, it's a lot of bits and bobs, little loose ends to tie up. And actually, that's that's one of the. I'm gonna once I finish this, I'm gonna update my list and really peel through trying to do more detailed stuff. So instead of it just saying, you know, install bowsprit, it's going to have to go through about three or four other little things that need to be done to make sure the bowsprit project is completely 100%. Uh, and then I do what's called stem to stern. So you go and in your head and then physically you go walk it uh, with your list. <clears throat> and basically I'm going to go down the boat and, and write down every last little thing that needs to be done before I leave this dock. And uh, then as soon as the little no see bugs are gone, which is usually around 9-ish, once it gets really hot out there, then it's time to attack all these problems as best I can <clears throat> and uh, get them all done. So that's my update. Not a long one today, but uh, I just wanted to make sure I keep doing these because I think it'll be cool. Um, you know, tomorrow's update will be interesting because I figure by tomorrow I will have pulled the trigger and decided one way or the other whether I'm going to take off or if I'm going to wait out this one system. So we shall see. But uh, until tomorrow, and I got to get to work. So have a great day. All right. Good evening. Ho, 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 ho. We are the night before departure. This is the final update. It's, it's pretty crazy, too. Uh, I'm going to post this and have it published on, uh, I don't know, Wednesday or something of this coming week. And uh, it's a bit odd because I'll be out at sea. So I'm actually speaking to you right now. And I'm somewhere out there. I wonder how I'm doing. <laughs> but tonight, I am uh, I'm loving it. It's like 9 o'clock. Just about every little thing that I wanted to get finished on this boat before I left is finished. And then some. Oh, cheers to that. I have a nice little cocktail here, and I just ate some food. Laundry's clean. Mm. The list is checked off all but uh, climbing the rig and inspecting that. Hopefully I don't find any problems. Um, you know, probably shouldn't have left that for tomorrow, but it's a pretty simple rig, so can't imagine too much would go wrong up there. We'll have to sort of see, though. Could be eating those words tomorrow morning. But um, I did find one of the, uh, on the lower 
lower part of the mast, there's three old school winches, you know, not self-tailing or anything, uh, old school ones. And, and one of them, one of them, I, I pull them off, you know, service them before I go out to sea. And, uh, the base plate is cracked, like right down the side, like a, uh, a fifth of it is cracked. You know, the bolts and stuff are still so frozen in there. There's just a lot of corrosion, I think, in between these these stainless bolts and uh, and the aluminum mast. But uh, I think the mast is going to have to come off up in Maine, and I think I'm going to have to take and disassemble everything off of it and go to town fixing anything, seeing if there's any real, real damage um, that's not repairable, and then... Sand it, scrape it, and paint it, and reassemble it with, um, I don't know, I think reassemble it with a different sort of mindset as far as the deck layout and all that sort of stuff. Maybe try and make it a little more modern because now we've got clutches and things like that for all these halyards, so we don't need winches on everything same time it is nice to have those winches up there i've always enjoyed being able to uh winch and reef and do all that really easily from one place so i don't know it'll be sort of interesting but i i was pretty shocked when i pulled that off i couldn't believe it but luckily the winch still works the crack doesn't really seem to be affecting the actual operation of the winch at all and structurally it still looks pretty good i might not load it up quite as hard as i normally do but um there's two other winches on the mast that I can use as well. I can just switch them up. So it's not a big, big deal, but uh, it's just one of those things. I didn't want to start disassembling it down here, knowing that I'm taking off in a day. So, But yeah, that's it. Uh, Clean the bottom this morning. Water was nice. It wasn't too cold. Plenty of little shrimps eating away at my skin. And, and oh man, you hop out of there and you're, you're absolutely covered in these little things and they're scratching it but boy i i rubbed up against the this uh, a floating dock and essentially it's these big plastic uh square barrels so to speak and those support the wooden dock on top and they're just covered obviously because they they've been in, in the water for years and man i rubbed my back up against that on accident and holy cow hours and hours of of just this stinging burning sensation so luckily that's tapered off, and um, yeah, other than that, we're we're pretty good to go. It was just sort of, I don't want to say today was a mad scramble, but it was one of those things where I just, I knew I had a whole lot of stuff to do. Checking that weather for the last couple of days, it looked a little iffy, and there was actually one, one point, one forecast, and it's been changing every day, you know, pretty much from four days out, it's been sort of changing fluctuating up and down and there was at one point where it looked like it was going to be three days of southerlies and then and then like four days of northerlies plus uh, a system rolling off and I thought for sure I was going to stay down here for at least another week uh, have to buy another two weeks probably at the marina or at that point you might as well you just pay for a whole month and then it's uh, almost the same price and I don't know. I, I did consider that because I could do some other stuff. I could do more podcasts and stuff um, and and work on the boat. Not, not a, sorry, not work on the boat, work on the book some more because that sort of had to take a pause for the last uh, the last week or so just as I'm, I'm really trying to focus on, on 
getting ready for for the ocean and obviously putting the bowsprit on and stuff was uh, a monumentous project on the old boat but no so new batteries bowsprit is absolutely stout um we we're packing the normal 70 gallons of fresh water in the in the standard tanks and then i've probably got 35 to 40 gallons more in the bladder which i've got that all set up underneath my bunk switched all the bunks around just basically stowing sails getting everything back into what i like to call the offshore mode uh as opposed to dock mode which is is more like treating sparrow like a houseboat which is cool uh she does really well for that very comfortable for like one person just a little too small for the comfort level you would really want to have uh to have two people on board but you know whatever it is what it is and uh i like my creature comforts you know i like my I like my sectioned off little house. My my cabin is the four peak. And then I've got the bathroom, aka the head. And then I have like a dining room table. I've got a couch or a settee as they call it. Uh, I've got the kitchen and then I have my office here at the nav station. And that's what I like. The, the patio is the cockpit. The balcony is the foredeck. Uh... <laughs> that's how that's what it's like with the house now when i go out to sea it's just a boat and basically it's moving and bouncing and uh i don't know i'm 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 really looking forward to it i'm sure you can probably hear it in my voice i'm kind of excited uh it's been uh an interesting winter to say the least and uh i don't know uh, definitely an interesting couple of years so i'm i'm looking forward to getting back out there and in nature and this one's going to be Oh man, at the uh, at the aggravation of my my mother or the disdain of my mother, this is going to be a uh, a silent trip as far as reporting in and all that sort of stuff. The the Garmin Inreach, the third one that I've owned, uh, the second one stopped working uh, on the 2020 trip, and then I bought a new one, and this one is now. Not working either, so I'm not buying any more of those. Um, I've only had one that has lasted a year, and the other two haven't lasted uh, anywhere near that. So, not giving them five star rating. Uh, gonna be, you know, if I end up doing any more big sa- sailing adventures, I'm gonna look for a- another route. Um, you know, it did get me around the world that first time, so I get even props for that. But it's uh, it's past the warranty, and uh, those things cost like five hundred bucks. So. In any event, so yeah, I'm going to, uh, uh, officially what I'm going to try and do is use the sextant and navigate my way up there old school style. So no texting, no sat phone calls, no downloading weather, uh, just paper chart and a sextant. And uh, I'll probably, I mean, as I get into Maine, that may change, Um depending on the weather and all that sort of stuff. Cause I, I definitely, I, I don't want to end up on George's bank or something like that, or, uh, careen into some little Island in the fog. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. At least, at least make it from, from here all the way up to Cape Cod or something like that. I don't know, but I gotta, I gotta get back into the old, uh, the old 
celestial navigation and using the sun because it is kind of fun and I, I definitely am going to have to read that book again or at least uh, glance at it and see if I can make these calculations work. But yeah, other than that, uh, pretty soaked. Downloaded a ton of podcasts. Um, got some new music and yeah, everything. I don't know. It's it's kind of funny. I I feel like everything is real fresh. I was able to procure some new new equipment and things and uh i don't know it's one of those things where i almost feel like i'm gonna get halfway up there and decide to just head off into the atlantic (laughs) no i'm definitely not gonna do that i got commitments i gotta work man i gotta give a shout out to uh matt rutherford he he called me up and gave me an offer that i almost could not refuse he's looking for uh one more crew member on on his expedition and man, oh, that is something I would love to do. What a change of pace, you know, hop on this. He's got this big old, um, I don't even know what it is. He and I haven't had long enough to talk. Uh, we've only contacted each other a few times, but um, he's got a great podcast, Single-Handed Sailing, and then he also has a non-for-profit called The Ocean Research Project. So if, you've, if you're not familiar, check it out, man. It's uh it's pretty cool stuff. He's uh, he's next level, that's for sure. And for anybody that doesn't know the guy, he he's the first person to circumnavigate solo and without stopping around the Americas. So he went, he left from the Chesapeake and went up Northwest Passage, down Cape Horn, and back up on like a Alban Vega, like twenty seven foot boat or something. I don't know. Crazy though. Absolutely, it took him like three hundred something days. Epic, epic American solo sailor. He's uh, he's one of the big wigs. He's up there with uh, Randall Reeves and uh, Dodge Morgan and all those guys who are the people who do things the first, all that. But in any event, yeah. So I don't know. Other than that, we're we're just rolling. So I'm gonna basically put all these together and. Um, yeah, this will be the last of the updates, and and I yeah I figured I'd just do this as a, a full podcast so you guys could get updates on everything. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm I'm at a loss for words. I, I want to go take like a walk maybe down to the bridge. Planning on go for a run tomorrow morning, and then then it's pretty much high tides at ten, and I'm gonna go north just a little bit on the ICW to a place called Saint Helen Sound. And that jets right out into the Atlantic. And if I leave here at 10 in the morning, I should be reaching the Atlantic probably around 3, depending on how fast the uh, current's running. So 3 in the afternoon, by, by cocktail hour, I might be, uh, I might, might be out. Uh, well, I'll definitely be out of sight of land because this is the low country <laughs> here in South Carolina. But, yeah, so we'll... we'll uh, We'll see. The weather forecast, like I said, it looks pretty good. Uh, the fastest I've ever done this trip was eight days. The, the slowest I've ever done, I think, was 12. Uh, I'm hoping for a nice eight- or nine-day trip. I'd love to see some uh, calmer conditions at, at one point. Nothing like becalmed, but just some real calm. I'd like to use the spinnaker. There's a lot of, a lot of things I'd like out of this trip, but... It's going to be tough. Uh, the last one was really, really epic. And the one before that was really great too. Um, you know, I've had, uh, it seems like the return trip up North is always, there's always a little bit of excitement and then 
just some really great conditions. Although this time I'm leaving a lot earlier, but hey, it is what it is. I got to get to Maine. I got to get to work, earn some quiche, and uh, and then go from there. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this. And hopefully everybody has a good time. And yeah, it is, it is just such a strange thought to, I don't know, that just to think that, yeah, when, when people listen to this, I will, I'll be out there somewhere in between here and, and probably Cape Cod. So anyway, uh, I do want to do a little shout out to obviously to the Patreon family. You guys are great. Uh, I don't know if you'll ever really realize just how much that helps. Uh, this old sailor here who's, who's trying to do it on his own, (laughs) you know, it's not the easiest thing sometimes to, uh, to attempt to, you know, do stuff like write books and market yourself and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it, it's, I, I think it's worth it because if you keep working at it, you can build something possibly that, uh, you can sustain you later on, but, uh, you always got to go through those lean years and, uh, I don't know the podcast, the books, and hopefully get back into doing presentations and stuff little side work up there at Night Marine, biggest little boatyard in Maine. Gosh, I love that place. The, the guys up there are great. Got old Dave, got Jim, got Celia, got Murph, got Daly, got Chris. Oh, man, it's just uh, cast characters is unbelievable. I absolutely love it. Lori, I don't want to forget anybody. Mighty Sparrow, Dave Boone, Murder Kitty. <laughs> Wiley the dog. Uh and yeah, that's that I think that's just about it for the people that work up there. Got a shout out to Heath though. Good old Heath. Can't wait to see him. Oh man, hopefully he'll take me out on the boat, put me to work, pulling a few lobsters out of the pots for the old guy, huh? Now, I I really look forward to getting up there to Maine. It's going to be fun. Start to develop that Maine accent again. Oh. Be a blast. It'd be nice to get back in shape too. You know, it is pretty amazing. Uh, Nothing gets you in shape like carrying around 50-pound metal stands awkwardly throughout the yard all day long and, uh, you know, 20 to 40-pound blocks of wood. A lot of squats, a lot of curls, and uh, (laughs) it's a blast. And the main goal is just don't drop a boat. So can't argue with that one. So anyway, um, that's pretty much it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this these this series of updates and uh to get up to maine we'll keep this podcast a rolling and yeah hopefully we'll have some pretty entertaining stuff i'm really hoping we can get some i can i can convince some of those lobstermen and the fishermen to come on the show and and give us a, a real a real look into what it's like to be making being on the ocean your living and oh, the, some of the stories those guys, you know, they I I've had those guys tell me like, boy, you must have seen some big weather out there. <sighs> Nothing compared to what these guys that spend ten months of the year every year for twenty or thirty years out off George's Bank or the Grand Banks. Oh my goodness, those those guys are the real deal. I mean, they are in different boats, but real deal salts, old salts. <laughs> all right, enough rambling. That's all I'm doing right now. Thanks, you, everybody. Oh, sorry, geez, the one last thing. 
definitely want to give a shout out to Ladies Island Marina. This place is great. They always take care of you. It's great for transient uh, traffic. You know, you're you're heading up or down the intercoastal. Swing on in. This is a nice place. We got restaurants right here. Holy cow! Shopping, everything, and it's just a, a really great marina filled with some excellent, excellent people. And uh, for my money, you can't beat it. And boy, can you sleep really well because it's one of the most protected places ever. So that's my shout-out to Old Ladies Island Marina, and definitely a big thanks to all the people who came on the podcast down here uh, and spent their most valuable asset, which would be their time, uh, with me to help me try and create this uh, this podcast. So, all right. Good night, everybody, and I'll see you in Rockland, Maine.